Our scripture reading this morning come from Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Please be seated. Please turn your Bibles to Hebrews 13, Hebrews chapter 13. We are in the beginning stages, in the beginning stages of our Bible study challenge. Hopefully by the end of January, Lord willing, we will know, and not just know, but we will remember over 500 key Bible stories, characters, and events. If you're wondering how to do this challenge, go to our YouTube channel or go to our Facebook page for the church. Find me wearing this shirt and a tie very similar to this tie sitting in my dining room. Uh, many of you know my dining room. You've been there before. Watch that seven minute or so video and you will know how to do this challenge. And come the end of January, we're going we're to know God's word. I am so excited. This could be the biggest thing that we have ever attempted to do. Now, we're coming to the end. We've been doing a series on the book of Hebrews. And tonight, or today's lesson is the last lesson in that series. It's a very important lesson. It's an important lesson for all of us to know. The story is told about a woman after a worship service had ended. She walked up to the preacher and she said, I really enjoyed that sermon. Now the preacher was humble. He looked at that sweet lady. He said, oh, you don't have to thank me. Just thank the Lord. To which the woman said, well, it wasn't that good. You know, it's hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes to, uh, to appreciate a preacher who is less than perfect. And that's certainly me. But preachers need encouragement. They need appreciation as much as anyone else. But this morning, I'm not talking about Billy or myself. I want to put the spotlight on our leaders. We're talking about people who are serving. I want to talk about our deacons, our Bible class teachers, our ministry leaders, and especially the men who serve as an elder. They often hear the complaints, the problems, the headaches, and so often, unfortunately, they don't hear the encouragement. How can we make the elders work a joy? You know, this year has been a difficult year. In fact, in my lifetime, I think this year perhaps is the most difficult year ever to be an elder because they've been called upon to make decisions that were not popular, that were difficult, that were hard. 
this has been a tough year to be an elder. What does the writer of Hebrews say about those who lead us? Let's go back to verse 7 now of chapter 13. Remember. Circle that word. Okay, remember. If you have one of our Bible note pens, makes it easy to circle. Circle that word remember. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider. Circle that word. Consider. We're going to talk about that. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Notice how they have lived their lives. And what? Imitate. Imitate. Circle that word imitate. Imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. If you really want to love and encourage our elders, first remember them. It says in verse 7, remember them. Honor them by imitating their faith. Don't remember them with plaques and pictures and monuments. Uh, that, uh, those tokens would, um, doesn't really honor a godly leader. It would only embarrass them. You honor them how? You honor them by living your life. As a living legacy of the lessons that they taught you from God's Word. This congregation here has roots back at uh, Richard Street and, and Southside and, and others, you know, people coming in. And we had been blessed over the years with many men that have uh, served as elders. For example, here are the uh, men who have served in the past. For me, only being here a little over three years, most of these are just names to me. I know Jim Pate and Clayton Wells, uh, Danny Vaughn, uh, uh, Glenn Barber. But each one of those names, each one of those names in our hearts occupy the Hall of Fame for us. They Occupy the hall of fame for us. In the same way that the writer of Hebrews created his 11th chapter to be a hall of fame of people who had blazed the trail of faith, these are men in the past who have served, who have blazed the trail of faith for you and for me. Now, how about currently? Presently, we have Bill Brandon, Alan Deshaun, Donnie Pogue, Tim Tagami, Festus Ubadi, those five men are serving us. Now, I'm not going to ask this question to embarrass you, so don't raise your hand. How many of us have prayed for these men the past month, the past week, today? Do we honor them? Do we remember them? Let your life be a memorial of the model that they have been for you and for me. Imitate their faith. Trust Jesus just like they did and still do. And when you do that, 
When you do that, you can experience the transforming power in your life, just like they have. You see, any good leader, any good leader can say this. The good you see in your leaders is not something that came from them. It came to them as they lean heavily on Christ. They would say to you, I'm just a, a poor beggar telling another poor beggar how to find bread. Their lives were transformed. Their lives were transformed by Jesus. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He doesn't change. Jesus is the same. Jesus never changed, but you can change your life as he changed those who went before you. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. The people around us that live by faith, the people around us that trust in God, they impact our lives. Our elders trust in God. If you want to encourage our elders, remember them in that way. And then, number two, follow them. In verse 7, it says, Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. If you want to encourage our elders, follow them. Submit to their leadership as long as it is in keeping with God's Word. Yield to their guidance and direction in your life. You know, it's human nature. It's human nature to want to resist. It's human nature to want to go your own way, to do it your way. Because you think in your mind, my way is the best way. My way is the best way. But guess what? So often we have blinders and we don't realize that what we want may not be best for the flock. You know, what we want may not be best for the group, for the family. As a farmer, as a farmer, I saw this all the time. Because sometimes the rain that we got, that we needed, Sometimes that rain ended up being a flood for other people down the road. The elders, they shepherd, keep it in mind what's best for the flock. Go to verse 17. Obey, that's another one we want to circle. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls Notice, as those who will have to give an account. They'll have to give an account of how they shepherd. Let them do this, how? With joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. When you stir up the pot, when you cause dissension, problems, when you get so centered on your own self that you can't see what's best for the family, what happens? It's not to your advantage, 
because you're not growing and you're hampering the growth of the flock. If you want to love and honor your leaders, submit to their leadership. Submit to their leadership. You know, he who thinks he leads and has no one following him is only taking a walk. Don't embarrass our elders by refusing to follow. As long as they are following God, you are obligated to follow their lead, to honor them. God has called them to lead, so don't let them just go out and take a walk by themselves. What do you do? You aquasense to their leadership. You submit, you accept without protest their leadership as long as that leadership follows God's word. I saw the good and the bad growing up. Now, in my family, we can trace our history back to Campbell and Stone. In my home, I saw a good example and a not-so-good example. Because often I heard my father having fried elder for lunch on Sunday, complaining because he didn't get his way, he didn't like what they decided, he didn't want that class taught, he wanted this class taught, and he didn't like that song, and he wants this song leader and not that song leader. And I heard him complaining about two sweet men that I grew to love so much, Herschel Macmillan and George Wood, who were our elders. On the other hand, I had my mom my mom would always try to find something good, something positive to say about the elders. Did she agree every time with every decision? I'm going to say she probably didn't, but I didn't know it. Because she took the attitude of support. We do like to protest if we don't get our way. But that doesn't help. That hurts. Remember, it says that our elders must give an account to God for their leadership. They, not you, must answer to God for the condition of the flock. Now, individually, we are accountable for ourselves. That's true. But elders are accountable for the flock as a whole. And our leaders are human. Do they always make the right decision? No, they don't. Do they always agree with Billy or do they always agree with me? No. But we honor their decisions because we know that they have prayerfully considered every option and have done what they think is best for the flock. 1 Peter chapter 5. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not uh, under compulsion, not because you're forced to, 
but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Consider the different words used to describe an elder. I'm talking about elder, bishop, shepherd, overseer, pastor. Each one of those names, in effect, describes a different role they have a different job that they do for the flock. Leadership is not lordship. It's setting the example. It's communicating God's vision and inviting others to follow. In over 40 years of ministry, I have seen a lot of great men who have served as elders. And I have been touched, I have been uh, molded, I have been encouraged, I have been influenced by those men. I've seen a couple that were not that great. And they hurt the church in so many ways. But 98% were great men who loved God and did all they could to help God's church. You don't follow an elder who leads you in ways contrary to what God has already directed in His Word. You don't follow a pastor who tries to, to domineer and control you. You don't follow a shepherd who is not setting a godly example for you to follow. But when you get an elder who humbly communicates God's vision, both in his words and in his life, like we have, you'd be foolish not to follow such a man. Did you notice it says... Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. Please don't give our elders grief. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Make their job a joy. Make it one that they, that they look forward to. Be more like my mom and less like my dad. It does not benefit the church to give our elders grief. It's not useful. It's not profitable. Why? Because we all need them. You see, we all need a coach. Now, we realize that uh, team sports have coaches. Uh, baseball, basketball, football. But have you noticed even individual sports, many of those players will have coaches. Tune in to a Wimbledon match. And sometime during the match, they will mention the coach for one of the players. Watch a golf game or a golf uh, tournament. I don't golf, so I don't know. What, whatever they call it, whatever they call them. Tournaments, whatever. But they'll often talk about someone who uh, has a coach that's helping them. You see, we all need coaches. We all need coaches to help us, especially, especially in life. No matter, 
No matter how well prepared people are in their formative years, few can achieve and maintain their best performance on their own. We all need a coach. Elders are coaches put there to help us. They're life coaches helping us to attain the maturity to grow up to full measure. Paul wrote Ephesians chapter 4, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to what mature manhood? To the measure. To the measure. What are we measuring? That fullness of Christ. The goal is to be like Christ. It's to be a Christian. And none of us are going to probably get there without some help. We need each other and we need especially our elders. It's to our advantage to make their work a joy and not a grief. If you really want to love and honor your leaders, remember them by the way you live your life, follow them, and most importantly, pray for them. I've already mentioned this. Let's talk about it now. Pray for them. Plead with God on their behalf. Beg God to keep them pure and honorable. Verse 18. Pray for us, the writer here says, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience Desiring to act honorably in all things, I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner. Ask God to preserve their relationship, their reputation, and their integrity. Plead with God to keep them loving, honorable, and pure because they are under tremendous attack from the devil. You see, Satan realizes that if he can cause a leader, an elder, to stumble and fall, he's going to wreak havoc in the church. When an elder falls, it takes a lot of people with him. So the devil knows that, and he works to bring down those men. So pray for them. Pray for them. This month is our Thanksgiving month. That's that day in November that we gather around and have that turkey and dressing and, and we're supposed to remember what we're thankful for. Let me encourage you this month to be thankful for our elders and pray for them. If you really want to honor and love our elders, remember them by the way you live your life, follow them, and pray for them. This morning, are you a Christian? Do you believe? We repent, we confess, we be baptized. If you have what is commonly called a red letter Bible, all those verses are in red. Because Jesus is doing the talking there. Are you a Christian? As a Christian, sometimes we go back to the world and we fail to live like a Christian should live. When we do that, we can seek His forgiveness. 
And we know that he will forgive. 1 John 1, verse 9. This church stands ready to pray for you. James 5, 16. If you have a need to respond, will you please do so as we stand and sing for your encouragement. What it was of